In a village in India, there are six families who have recently suffered and experienced community pressure from the time of their conversion, from the time that they put their faith in Jesus. They have been socially excluded. The adults in these six families have lost their jobs because they have started to follow Jesus. And then on August 18th of this past year of 2022, Hindu radicals disrupted their worship service and took every single Bible from every single believer that was there. And and then one of the believers uh, told one of these Hindu extremists, hey, those Bibles you're confiscating, maybe you should read one of those. And this just made the, the extremists even more irate. In fact, the next day they returned with people from the media And one believer responded to the media's questions by sharing his testimony and sharing his faith, which further incited the Hindu extremists. And they went from house to house destroying the Christians' homes. But I want you to listen to what these brothers and sisters in Christ, what they ask for prayer. They have lost their jobs. They are suffering persecution from their community. But listen to what they ask for in prayer. They ask that they would remain faithful to the Lord and that God would work to reveal His truth and that their village will be turned to follow Jesus. There's another story from Laos, the country of Laos. There's a man there named Cam, and uh, he was told in January by a police officer that he needed to stop following Jesus and that he needed to stop evangelizing. And he boldly responded that he would not stop believing in Jesus no matter what it would cost him and that the work of God would continue. Nothing could stop the work of God. And this made the policeman angry hearing his response. And he's returned since then with threats against his life. In Laos, this communist country, the officials persecute Christians like Cam to try to control their activities, including these activities of like Cam. These are just two recent stories of our brothers and sisters around the world right now. And as we're going to see today, Jesus promised us that if we follow him and if we acknowledge him before others, we will face suffering for it. He promises us that, as we're going to see today. And this is a reality for so many of our brothers and sisters right now. But Jesus is also going to show us some steps that we can take to stand firm in suffering even to the end. We have been studying through the Gospel of Matthew, and Jesus has been teaching us and he's been showing us how to live in the kingdom of God. He's been teaching us and showing us how to live under God's authority. He's been teaching us and showing us how to be salt and light. Last week, we saw Jesus send out his 12 to a small localized ministry. But Jesus was preparing them for a time that he was going to send them out after he left. He would send them out to make disciples of all nations. We said that a disciple is somebody who follows Jesus somebody who's changed by Jesus, and somebody who's sent by Jesus. And so we also saw that we too are sent to go and make disciples. We are sent to go to our homes and our workplaces and our schools and our neighborhoods and our communities to make disciples of Jesus. We also saw the startling fact that 70% of our Jerusalem, 70% of our home, of Washington, 
is far from Jesus, is lost. Today, we're going to see that when we go out and make disciples of Jesus, it won't all be roses. In fact, Jesus promises that we will have suffering for it. So if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me over to the book of Matthew, we're going to be in chapter 10, verse 16. If you don't have a Bible, we have some on the table over here. We'd love for you to take one as a gift from us to you. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16 is where we're going to be at today. If you're looking for Matthew in your Bible, it's closer to the back than it is the front. It's the first book of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. I think we got it up here on the screen as well. I don't know. If your eyes are like mine, you may not be able to see it from the back. I don't know. Maybe you can. (laughs) Verse 16, read along with me. Jesus says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when you are arrested, uh, when, excuse me, when, but when they arrest you, do not worry about what you will say or how you will say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Let's pause there for just a minute. Jesus doesn't pull any punches here. He doesn't beat around the bush at all. He was warning these twelve that he was getting ready to send out that suffering would come. Now, this warning was not just for their local ministry that they were going to, but Jesus was also preparing them for the much larger ministry that would come. In fact, most likely, Matthew is, is probably collecting all of what Jesus talked about suffering and persecution and putting it kind of all in one place here. And so he was preparing them for the time that he would send them out. And, and as we're going to see, these 12, many of them would face all of these realities that Jesus is talking about. And I believe there's also some great wisdom that we can gain from Jesus' warning. Jesus says, not if but when you are arrested. Did you notice that? He didn't say, if you are arrested, but when you are arrested. In verse 23, he says, not if, but when you are persecuted, we'll be like sheep among wolves. Later on, Peter will say that we are aliens and strangers, not because we are living in a country that is different from our birth, but because when we follow Jesus and when we go and carry out his mission to make disciples, it will mean that many of us will be rejected even from our own flesh and blood, our family. We will suffer for following Jesus. Jesus promises us that we will suffer for carrying out his mission that he has given us. And if this was true for Jesus, then we can expect the same. In fact, that's what he tells us in verse 24. Read along with me. He says, the student is not above the teacher, nor the servant above the master. It is enough for the servants to be like the teachers and the servants, uh, or excuse me, the students to be like the teachers and the servants to be like their masters. If the head of the house is called Beelzebub, how much more the members of their household? Friends, if they talked about and treated Jesus poorly, 
Can we expect anything less? We shouldn't. History of the church, both old and recent, are littered with these promises that Jesus is making here coming true. In fact, for these 12 guys, minus one, add one, right? Minus Judas, add Paul. These words come true. Paul will end up being beheaded for preaching Jesus. Peter will be crucified upside down for following Jesus. Andrew, who preached in Asia Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey and Greece, is said to have been crucified as well. Thomas is thought to have died by being pierced by four different soldiers with spears. Philip was arrested and cruelly put to death. Matthew, uh, he was most likely stabbed to death in Ethiopia. Bartholomew, uh, there are various accounts of how he met his death, and all of them include martyrdom for the gospel. James, the son of Alphaeus, the Jewish historian Josephus reported that he was stoned and clubbed to death. Jesus' promises of suffering and pain came true for these 12 guys. And to think that some people say that the message they carried wasn't true. Man, if I knew that the message that I carried wasn't true, do you think I would be crucified and beheaded and stabbed to death? Man, these guys gave their life for this message. But it wasn't just true in history, but it's also true even today. In Nepal, Uh, Jagat Waggle, and I may be pronouncing his name wrong, he was transformed from a violent career criminal to a passionate evangelist for Christ. When he encountered Jesus through a Bible that somebody gave him, a stranger gave him in 1996, and since then he has gone to Bible school and he's become a pastor, and he now shepherds more than 300 members. And, And Hindu radical extremists threaten to bring him harm. They dominate the area where he ministers, and they threaten harm and even death on him. They've even bombed a church that he served in. They post pamphlets all around saying uh, that he is a most wanted criminal. One morning, Jaget got a message from the local police that his life and his family's life was in immediate danger and had to flee to the surrounding mountains. There's suffering and anguish still going on. Jesus' words about suffering are still happening even today. Paul shares some of the suffering that he went through for the name of Jesus in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. In verse 23, Paul says this, I have worked much harder. I have been in prison more frequently. I have been flogged more severely. I have been exposed to death, time, uh, t- uh, t- death again and again. Five times I've received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been, in const- I've been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers. I have been in danger from bandits. I have been in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at the sea, in danger from false believers. There wasn't anywhere that Paul was going that he wasn't in danger. Verse 27, I have labored and toiled. I have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst. I have uh, often gone without food or without sleep. 
I have been cold and naked. And besides everything else, I face daily the pressures of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak that I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Paul suffered for the name of Jesus. But I want you to see how Paul saw his suffering for Jesus. We see this in the next chapter, chapter 12, verse 10. Paul says, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Friends, Jesus promises us that if we follow him and we carry out his message, that suffering will come. And all throughout Scripture in the New Testament, we see that when suffering does come, we should delight in it. We should consider it pure joy for suffering for Jesus. Jesus promised us that suffering will come, and we should delight in it, that we are counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. But Jesus also tells us how we can learn to stand firm in suffering even to the end. And it starts with us being on guard. Look again at Jesus' words in Matthew 10, verse 16. He says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. And he continues on to say all the other things that will face them. Jesus says, be on guard. Us being on guard is having a change in our thinking. It's having a change in our mindset. It's not always assuming the worst, but it's knowing that suffering and danger can come. It's being innocent and shrewd at the exact same time. Being on guard means that we watch out for dangers. Now, we can't watch out for dangers on our own. We need each other. We need each other. We often say here that we are better together. Here at Journey Church, we put it this way. We say that we build strong relationships with each other, that we walk side by side through the messiness of life with prayer and accountability and encouragement. And here at Journey Church, we do that through life groups. Through our life groups, we pray for and with each other. Through our life groups, we hold each other accountable. In our life groups, we are encouraging one another so that we are all better prepared to be on guard. Four eyes are better than two, and six are better than four. Two are better than one because they have a good return on their work. Two are better than one because if one falls down, then our brother or our sister can pick us back up. We are better together, and if we want to stand firm, even in suffering, then we need to be on guard, and we can't be on guard alone. We need each other. If you aren't part of a life group, you need to be one. We have five here at Journey Church, but there are also life groups all over Washington, and one of the things that you'll learn about us is that we would love for you to be in a life group that's part of Journey Church, but we don't care. <laughs> 
We just want you to be connected with other believers. Because if we are going to stand firm, then we need other followers of Jesus to pray with us, to hold us accountable, to encourage us. And whether that's a life group that's a part of Journey Church or a life group that's somewhere else, we don't care as long as you are connected with other believers because we cannot stand guard on our own. We need each other. We need others to walk through the messiness of life with us. We are better together. Now, as we are standing guard, it can be easy for us to turn our awareness of danger into becoming paralyzed with fear. That's an easy transition for us to make. And so we need to also watch out for that. We can quickly start thinking that everyone and everything is out to get us. And that everyone and everything is a danger to us. As we are watching and standing on guard, we can quickly become paralyzed with fear. While at the same time, we must be mindful of danger and suffering. We cannot allow that fear of danger to keep us from doing what we need to do. So when it comes that we aren't caught off guard, we need to be as shrewd as snakes while at the same time being as innocent as doves. Innocent, not ignorant. And this comes down to having our fear in the right place. We must learn to fear God and not man. If we are going to stand firm in suffering, we need to be on guard with the help of our brothers and sisters, and we need to learn to fear God and God alone and not man. In fact, that's what Jesus tells us. Look at verse 28 there of Matthew 10. Jesus says, Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body and cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Talking about God. But listen to what Jesus gives us quickly after telling us to fear God alone. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And yet, not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. It's pretty easy for Ernie, right? Ha! <laughs> so don't be afraid. You are worth more than sparrows. I had to make sure Ernie was still awake. <laughs> He's doing slides. <laughs> so Jesus tells us here that we are to fear God and God alone. But at the same time, we also must remember that the one and only one that we should fear knows and cares deeply about us. Jesus wants us to have our fear in the right place. We aren't to be afraid of people. But you know, far too often, people are the only ones that we're afraid of. We're afraid of what they're going to say, what they're going to do, how they're going to respond. We're afraid of, man, what they might think about this. What if I said this and they think this? Oftentimes, that's the only fear that we actually have is of people. And Jesus tells us to fear God and God alone and not to fear people. Because people, they may cause us to suffer. They may even take our life. But there is more than just the physical and just the here and now. Friends, we need to learn to fear God and God alone. And when we fear God and God alone, we will also at the same time be learning to trust God and God alone. Jesus reminds us here that God knows and cares for 
us. Maybe you know the story of Job. I'll remind you a little bit. Job was faithful to God. He followed God. He loved God. He served God with everything that he had. And because he was faithful to God, the devil came and said, look, Job's only faithful to you because you give him all this stuff. He's got wealth. He's got family. Everything works out for him. He said, if you take all that stuff, Job will curse your name. And so God permits the devil to take everything from Job his health, his wealth, and even his own family. And yet through all of that, Job does not curse God's name. That's just chapters 1 and 2 of Job. (laughs) Chapters 3 through 37 of Job is Job and his three friends trying to give reason and explain why all this bad stuff is happening to Job, and all of them are wrong. (laughs) And then finally, in, verse, in chapter 38, God finally responds to Job uh, to correct Job and his friends. And we see this in Job 38, verse 35. Jesus speaks to Job and he says, Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched out the measuring line across it? And then for the next four chapters, God continues to remind Job that Job is not God and that God is God. Now yet, God doesn't give an answer to Job. Kind of frustrating for us. We want to know, right? He never tells Job, well, this is why. He just reminds Job over and over again that he is God and Job is not. Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Friends, God is God and we are not. If we want to stand firm in suffering, we need to fear God and God alone. We may not see, we may not know why, or we may not even know what will come through the suffering that we may go through, But we know that God cares for us and that his wisdom is higher than our wisdom and that he is God and we are not fear God and not people. If we want to stand firm in suffering, we need to be on guard with the help of our brothers and sisters. We need to fear God and not people. And lastly, we need to acknowledge Jesus before others. Look at verse 32 of Matthew 10. Jesus says here, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. So if we are going to stand firm in suffering, we need to be on guard with the help of our brothers and sisters. We need to fear God and not men. And when we are fearing God and not fearing men, it will lead us to acknowledge Jesus before others, even if to do so means more suffering for us. So friends, let me ask you this morning, do you acknowledge Jesus before others? Now we may be quick to say, yeah, I do. But what do you say about Jesus at work? What do you say about Jesus at your school? What do you say about Jesus to your friends and your family? What do you say about Jesus to your neighbors? What do you say about Jesus to that friend who's not just lost, but also is hostile towards Jesus? 
What do you say about Jesus? What do you say about Jesus on social media? Oh, I'm meddling now. <laughs> Look, the connections that are made on social media, they aren't real, right? Just because we have a friend list or a followers list doesn't mean that we actually have relationships with those people. But somehow, we also think that the things that we type out with our fingers and text messages and comments, that they have no impact on other people either. That we can say whatever we want without consequences, which is also not true. People say the craziest things in the comments section online. Friends, are we going to acknowledge Jesus before others? Are we going to acknowledge Jesus before our family and our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers and our classmates? And are we going to acknowledge Jesus in our community and even online? Jesus says that if we acknowledge him before others, he will acknowledge us before God, our Father. I want you to look what Peter said. This is the second time that Peter is arrested for preaching the name of Jesus. And this is the second time the religious leaders have warned him to stop acknowledging Jesus before others. And listen to what Peter says in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. He says, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on the cross. And God exalted him to the right hand as the prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given those who obey him. This wasn't the first, and this wouldn't be the last time that Peter and the others would acknowledge Jesus before others, even if to do so meant them to be arrested or them to suffer. In fact, it would end up leading to Peter and many of the others' death simply for acknowledging Jesus before others. Many that have gone before us, including the apostles, but many of our brothers and sisters, continue to acknowledge Jesus before others, even if to do so means suffering for them. Friends, if we want to stand firm in suffering, we need to be on guard with the help of our brothers and sisters. We need to fear God and not men, and we need to acknowledge Jesus before others, even if to do so means more suffering for us. We must learn to stand firm even to the end, no matter what. And friends, no matter what may mean that even our own flesh and blood, our own family, may turn against us. In fact, this is what Jesus tells us. Look at verse 21. It says, Brothers will betray brother to the death, and father, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Friends, Jesus promises us suffering for following him and for acknowledging him before others. And that suffering may even come from our own family. Now this is a reality for many of our brothers and sisters who follow Jesus right now. Many of the, those who have followed Jesus were rejected and outcast from their families and from their community for following Jesus. And friends, it still happens today. All of these stories of people that I've been sharing today, I've gotten them all from a, a group called Voice of the Martyrs. 
Voice of the Martyrs is an organization that, that looks to support our brothers and sisters who are suffering through persecution around the world, giving them supplies, giving them need, and also sharing their, their needs in prayer so that we can be praying for them. And if you want to find out some more information about them, you can go to persecution.com, and there's a whole prayer tab, and you can see all of these different, the different stories and so many more and begin praying for our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted. But one of them... It's a, a, another woman from Laos. Um, this woman's name is Yah, Y-A. And she put her faith in Jesus in 2019. And when she did, her husband and his parents started to abuse her and reject her, believing that she would bring down the anger of the spirits on their household. So after Yah's husband divorced her and sent her and her three children away, she turned to her own parents who also refused to take her in and shelter her for fear of losing their own income and also angering the spirits as well. Telling her that you are now God's daughter and not our daughter anymore, so let God's people help you instead. Now thankfully for Yah, she has a community of believers around her and the pastor and the local church have surrounded her and helped her get reestablished as she looks to take care of her three children in, through all of this. Jesus' words are still coming true even today. Look at verse 37. He says this, Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Jesus warned us that this would happen. But like our sister Yah, we must learn to stand firm even to the end. Even if our own family rejects us, even if we have to suffer and die for it, Jesus promised us that we will suffer. But if we learn to stand firm, if we learn to pick up our cross and follow Jesus, even if we lose our life, then we will find it. Friends, we can stand firm in suffering by being on guard with the help of our brothers and sisters, by fearing God and not men, and by acknowledging Jesus before others. Because along with suffering, Jesus also promises us salvation. Remember what he says there, the one who stands firm even to the end will be saved. I want you to listen to what Jesus writes to the church, his last verse in Revelation 2.10, what he writes to the church in Smyrna. He says, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison and test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Friends, stand firm even to the point of death. Stand firm even if to, to do so means to suffer. Stand firm anyway by being on guard with the help of your brothers and sisters. Stand firm by fearing God and Him alone. Stand firm by acknowledging Jesus before others, no matter what it may cost us. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You. We thank You for these, these warnings so that we aren't caught off guard when suffering actually does come. Father, help us to stand firm. 
Help us to to walk through the messiness of life together with other believers so that we can pray for each other, so that we can encourage each other, and so we can hold each other accountable. Father, help us, like our brothers and sisters all over the world, help us to fear you and you alone. And Father, help us to acknowledge you before others. Father, I thank you for this time that you have given us. I thank you for your word that it corrects us, that it guides us, that it leads us, and that it warns us about the sufferings that are to come. And we thank you also that our hope isn't here in this life only, but it's in the one to come. Help us to stand firm even to the point of death for your son Jesus. We ask all of this in his name. Amen.